Welcome to the Open Forum in the Villages Florida podcast. In this show we talk to leaders in the community, leaders of clubs and interesting folks who live here in the villages, to give perspectives of what is happening here in the Villages Florida. We hope to add a new episode most Fridays at 9 a.m. Our host Mike Roth has been a Villages resident since 2017. He is the leader of three lifestyle clubs and created a fourth. Mike joined 20 clubs in the first year he was here in the Villages. Mike is a strong leader. Before coming to the Villages, Mike was a successful business leader and had a successful podcast in Cincinnati called Cincinnati Business Talk. That shows 300 episodes are still available and has over 90,000 listens. Mike is an instructor at the Villages Enrichment Academy teaching podcasting 101 for beginners. This podcast is a listener-supported podcast. You can become a supporter for as little as $3 per month, or you can choose to pay more. To become a supporter go to openforuminthevillagesflorida.com and click on support in the black box. There will be shoutouts for supporters in episodes. As a supporter, you will get a direct email link to Mike. In our new season 5, we are making significant improvements and changes on an ongoing basis. First is our new and better logo, upgrades and recording equipment to allow easy access for remote guests. Second is a continuing increase in the use of AI in the creation of each episode. These include, a transcript of each show. Please understand that there may be errors inserted by the AI that may not be caught before the transcript is published, however, this is a dramatic step forward. In fact, all the show's announcers are now all AI voices, including me, Emily. Open Forum in the Villages, Florida has been publishing new episodes on YouTube for the last several months. If you have a book that you would like to turn into an audiobook, let us know via email to mike at rothvoice.com. Hope you enjoy today's show. This is Mike Roth on Open Forum in the Villages. Welcome to season number five. I'm here today with Dr. William Shang. Dr. Shang will be teaching an Enrichment Academy course, Preventing Diabetes, Alternative Strategies, starting at the end of January at the Rohan Recreation Center. The course will be three Tuesday evenings. The information about the course is in the Enrichment Academy catalog on page 20. The course number is HEA8202. And while I'm doing plugs for Dr. Shang, I might as well do a plug for myself. I have a course at the Enrichment Academy coming up in February. First, first three Thursdays in February, February 7th through the 21st. The course is Podcasting 101. I am your instructor. And in this course, you'll get a good handle on what it takes to start a podcast and make it successful. It's on page 44 of the catalog. The course number is TEC 7104. In your own words, Dr. Shank, could you give our listeners a little bit of a background of how you got here and what you did in your business career before you came to the Villages? Hmm. Well, I don't quite would like to characterize as a business. I'm a physician by training, of course. I started my career through the Air Force through a scholarship. And then after being a primary care physician for the Air Force for a number of years, I transitioned to pathology, did that at uh, George Washington University and went on to do what uh, most pathologists do, which is a combination of county autopsies, mm -hmm. director for laboratories. So whenever you get a blood test drawn, sent to a lab, we oversee the quality control of those, make sure the machines are working correctly. But most of our work is looking through a microscope and making diagnoses on mm -hmm. tissue. So you get a biopsy, we tell the surgeon, it's XYZ. Okay. Were you one of the guys who would count the blood cells, the white cells versus the red cells? We set up the machines to do that. Oh, the machines do that today. 
Yeah. So I ended up tapering my career. And before I came to the villages, I spent a long time with Cornell University. I'm still a consultant with them, but uh, more or less now a villager. Good, good. My brother went to Cornell. <laughs> Actually, I have two brothers who went to Cornell, <laughs> but that's another whole story altogether. As a physician, Dr. Shang, what made you think of getting involved with strength training? That's an interesting question. In my uh, 50s, I woke up one morning and I noticed that I had a gout attack, which is really bizarre. Gout. Gout. Yeah. I, I was actually never overweight. Mm -hmm. and, no, you're uh, not overweight today. And what was distressing was I looked at my lab numbers. You know, because I run a lab, we can run labs on ourselves all the time. <laughs> and uh, my glucose was higher than normal. My triglycerides were high. And I began to investigate this. And I asked my colleagues, I said, what, what can we do about this? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, most of us who are physicians, we think about prescription pad. And they mm -hmm. said, well, you can take a med. And I said, I don't want to take any meds. Mm -hmm. And so I started looking into this. And what's really interesting about what I found and what I'd like to share with you is that most of the diseases that we see in people in the second half of their life, whether it be high blood pressure, high glucose, high fat levels, high cholesterol, those are all common to one disease. And, and that, it's something that we never talk about. What disease is that? It's sarcopenia. Oh, that's a big word. That's a big word, isn't it? Yeah. What does that mean? Well, it's sarco. We break it down. Sarco means muscle. Penia means less. And so as we get older, mm -hmm. we lose muscle over time. Mm -hmm. And that actually begins around the age of 30. But it's something really strange. I actually didn't know this word. Even though as pathologists, what we do is we study how diseases evolve. And it never occurred to me that here is something that we can actually do something about mm -hmm. without a medication. Wow. Just going to the gym and, and working out would help. Well, you know, we're in Florida here. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, you might have heard that the Fountain of Youth. Yes. Yes. So there's a Ponce de, de Leon. That's right, Ponce de Leon, one of the Spanish conquistadors. Yeah, I went to De Leon Springs, you know, to, to, to <laughs> see the source of the Fountain of, of Youth. It was a little trickle. <laughs> so as legend goes, he landed around Tampa, mm -hmm. and he ran into the Calusa Indian. And as legend goes, he looked at the Calusa Indians and he said, "Wow, these guys are built." Mm -hmm. They might have white hair, but they don't look old at all. There must be a fountain of youth around here. Ah, okay. And uh, that's how the fountain of youth legend legend began. Now, if you go to that area, I don't know if you've ever been to uh, Mound Archaeologic State Park. No, I've been to Tampa. Where is Mound Archaeological State Park? Uh, it's right around Tampa. Okay. And what you'll see there are these huge mounds. They're 20, 30 feet high. And they're all made up of clam and oyster shell. Mm -hmm. These Indians ate an incredibly high-protein seafood diet. Okay. And they were, what we'd like to say, not sarcopenic. They were buff. Mm -hmm. They had very impressive musculature mm -hmm. compared to the Spaniards who landed. Interesting. Because in, in our way of life here in America, in a while, I may have worked out and did a little bit of football or basketball when I was in college. All of a sudden, I found myself in a job where I was doing a lot of walking and very little manual labor. And as I got to own my own companies, I got to sit behind the desk more often than not. Mm -hmm. And going to the gym was a, a time consumer that was hard to get to. So what's very interesting to me as someone who runs laboratories and if you like to say pedals tests, is that the best test for metabolic health. It's not glucose. It's not a lipid panel. It's actually how you look. Mm -hmm. If you look at yourself in the mirror, full length mirror, after taking a shower and you say to yourself, 
Now, is that guy easy to kill? Is uh-huh. he or is he prey? That is actually the best measure of your metabolic health. So this was quite an epiphany to me as someone who works in this industry that the best test for the three scourges that we have here, heart attacks, strokes, dementia, falls. And, oh, yeah. They're all related to sarcopenia. Yeah, we just had a member of our Mercedes club fall and die. Mm. Broke his leg in three places and he was gone. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately it happens too often. And uh, especially when it's something that we can fix the base problem. It's not something that the pharmaceutical companies have figured out how to put into a pill, nor would they ever figure out how to do it. Build muscle and cut fat in one pill. That's right. And have all the good benefits. I know that many villagers are concerned about dementia and... Terrible disease. It's uh, something that if, for example, I was going to mention this later, but now's a good time, is that there were studies that were done about dementia prevention. Mm-hmm. And strength training, along with aerobic, you know, the walking, mm-hmm. if you like, decreases the risk of dementia more than any other medication you can get. More than any other medication. Well, the medications aren't very effective against d- dementia. I know. It's, it's rather strange. You'd think, what is the connection there between muscle and the brain? And mm-hmm. in recent years, we've actually learned there is a link that muscle produces substances that are like fertilizer for the brain. Really? Yeah. Fertilize it for the brain by going out to the gym and working out for a half hour, an hour. I think that now's a good time. You know, we talk about what the recommendations are Mm -hmm. for exercise for people in the second half of their life. Mm -hmm. And it's all pretty uniform. And many doctors and nurses, when I give a talk and I ask them, what is the recommendation for exercise? They all know that 150 minutes a week uh, to 300 minutes of low to moderate intensity aerobic exercise but oftentimes they forget there's a second component to that. And the second component, which most healthcare providers don't remember, is two sessions a week of strength training, part and parcel of what's recommended by the American College of Sports Medicine. Mm-hmm. So strength training in this context means exactly? It means, uh, if, it, if you talk about purpose, most people talk about aerobic exercise as cardio exercise, mm-hmm. which is not exactly correct, but it's associated with raising your heart rate. Raising your heart rate, whether you're lifting weights or pulling them up or pushing them down or working against your own body weight. Right. That's calisthenic. Now, the way I'd like to think about it is that we have two types of muscle fiber in our body. Now, I see you looking up at the ceiling. I think of one type of muscle. Let me ask you this. Sure. When you have chicken with your wife. Yes. Do you prefer the dark meat or the light meat? I like the, the breast, the char- the white meat. The white meat. Okay. So I'll avoid the uh, dark meat. There's a very good reason why breast meat is light and the, the leg and the thighs are dark. The it's, leg and the thigh, I find that to be a little bit fatty. Mm, well, the muscle of the lower portions of the chicken, they bear weight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have a different composition of muscle fibers. They actually have to support the weight of the bird. Mm-hmm. So they have more strength fibers, whereas the breast, that actually has more stamina fibers because it, you, the bird has to keep breathing mm-hmm. without stopping. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So stamina fibers are, are those which are aerobic. And we do aerobic style exercise, incorrectly called cardio. Mm-hmm. And the type of training that we have to do for muscle fibers, which are strength, that's resistance training. Training with a resistance band. Right. Putting a resistance band around your knees or ankles and then working against that. That would work. Uh, 
So basically, we have two different types of muscle fibers, and therefore, we have two different types of exercise. And which type of exercise do you think we're not getting enough of? Huh. If you poll most Americans, and the survey's been done, how many Americans get both the aerobic with 150 to 300 minutes a week, plus two strength trainings a week? It works out to about one in eight, very small. Mm-hmm. And here in the villages, we have certainly have the time to do what's right for us. In other words, not just longevity, but health span so that we can enjoy our lives for as long as we live. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, you were talking about falling. This is a, a, a terrible disease here in the villages. Uh, I, I had a show on last week with a guy named Ed Yeska, who is a sports trainer, I think for the Detroit football team. And he runs a class every week uh, up at La Hacienda on balance and how to prevent yourself from falling. And he has a whole bunch of tests that you can take, find out if your strength in your muscles and core to prevent you from falling is at the right level for your age group. Hmm. That's, that's a great program. Strength is arguably as important or more important than balance because most of us, no matter how old we are, mm -hmm. we will lose our footing at some point. But it requires a certain amount of strength to recover on one leg Before and we not, hit the ground. Or, or prevent from falling and mm -hmm. hitting the ground. So that strength is what prevents us from breaking. And then the, the muscles, of course, they're tied into the bone. Mm -hmm. And so the strength of the muscles are proportional to the strength of the bone. Mm. A lot of people here in the villages have bone loss. That's right. In fact, I've even heard of people taking injections once a month to, over a course of a year, to increase their bone density. That's right. Uh, th there's another example of where we've, as physicians and healthcare providers, do a very good job of writing a prescription for something that if you do the right thing for exercise, your body will have the incentive of making it stronger. So in other words, if you were to regularly stress the bone with something that is heavier than you're normally able to handle, then the bone will react in a way to become stronger. Mm -hmm. And for years, we prescribed calcium, mm -hmm. and we found it didn't work yeah. by itself. Unless you give the body an incentive to take the calcium and incorporate it into the bone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when I see hundreds of people a week walking in the villages, and they maybe get 30 minutes five times a week, that's your 150 minutes. But you're saying they need strength training as well. Absolutely. And you say that's twice a week. Twice a week. And how do they get the strength training? Well, here in the villages, we're very lucky. All of the major rec centers mm -hmm. do ha does have an associated gym. Mm -hmm. And I didn't check recently, but it's quite nominal cost. I think it's $5 a visit. If oh, yeah. It's about eight. Fi maybe eight? About, I've heard about $80 a month. Maybe I'm okay. wrong about that. No, I mean per visit. But Oh. But... Certainly, it can be updated. But there are cheaper and more expensive avenues. There's Planet Fitness in Leesburg, mm -hmm. where I go to. Uh, there's Genesis, which mm -hmm. is good if you're getting started because everyone who gets started needs a trainer. Even trainers need trainers because mm -hmm. you can't see yourself. Right. So when you go to a place like Genesis, I'm going to say generally there's a choice of two, three three avenues. One is to hire a trainer in Genesis to take you through some exercises. Uh, number two is the, the Genesis free classes, which are included in their membership. And the third third course would be just to do it yourself. You know, get on the machines and either roll or push or pull in particular muscle groups. Are there any particular muscle groups that are more recommended? I'm glad you asked that. For metabolic health, what we're talking about is trying to train the largest muscle of the body. Legs? Legs, hips, back. So the most important muscle we're trying to train are those which 
have become not used to being act. So mm-hmm. if if you take, for example, somebody who is sedentary, who doesn't do much uh, in the way of uh, exercise, their their muscles are not using the majority of glucose in the body. Mm-hmm. And that may be a, a lot of us who are in our 60s, 70s, or 80s. Right. We're no longer Calusa Indians. No, we're not Calusa Indians. Instead of walking, uh, we, we get in a golf cart or we get in our car and drive someplace. I make it a practice to park my car at the far end of the parking lot from wherever I'm going and, and try to pick up uh, 3,000 extra steps a day. Good for you. I think that the Fitbit has done a good job of motivating people. What I find interesting about medicine and um, strength training, for example, if you go to an internist or a family practice, mm-hmm. doctor's and office, and you're sitting in the waiting room, right? and you look around, chances are three out of four people sitting there are there for high blood pressure, mm-hmm. lipid medication, statins. Mm-hmm. And we don't have a good way of decreasing our healthcare costs by prevention or by treatment with exercise. And this is what's really amazing, this information that is not well known. Um, there was a study that came out in one of the British medical journals that by wall sitting, sitting with your back against a wall for two minutes, mm-hmm. four times a day, mm-hmm. every other day, it reduces the blood pressure the same as taking one high blood pressure medication. Mm. That's a pretty good uh, trick. Just sit against the wall at a 90-degree angle with your legs pointed out for four minutes a day. For two minutes a day. Two minutes a day. Two minutes at a time. Two minutes at a time. Four times. So it's a total of eight minutes. Eight minutes. With some rest in between. With rest. Right. And uh, you can do that while watching television or doing something else around that. Or, you know, but that's really, or... really very simple. Very simple. You don't need a gym for that. And you don't need a blood pressure medication. Well, that's pretty much fantastic. Yeah. Are there any other tricks? Lots like that of tricks. One? Lots of tricks. So if, if, if the goal is really to get stronger, how do you set a goal for how strong to be? Should I be able to lift, you know, 25 pounds, 50 pounds, 100 pounds? It's 100 pounds to me sounds like it'll mm. break my own bones. I, I think that for many people who are thinking or contemplating strength training, they instantly think of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lou Ferrigno, the Hulk. (laughs) I I did that when I first started, and I realized the benefits of strength training, and I picked up one of his books, and I followed his program, Mm -hmm. and I, within a very short period of time, hurt myself. And I realized, basically, the problem is that seniors don't have, A, a culture of strength training, and B, maybe a genesis, I don't know, a but, lot of- but there is a way to do it that is not a young person's way. Right. And the goal is not to look like Arnold, nor will many of us achieve that. Mm-hmm. The goal is to uh, improve our metabolism at the primary level so that we don't need a statin. We don't need uh, metformin. We don't need... a Markovi. Yes. I mean, it seems like recently Oprah has given up on strength training in favor of using... Like Kobe. Mm, well, I can't comment on any particular person's medical situation, but well, it it, it seems I, I do have a, a, a one friend who's lost over fifty pounds on Wycovy. He swears by it. He looks but he looks much better, much leaner. Hmm. But you know, when you go into that doctor's office that you talked about, and I look around, lots of times I see people who are overweight or grossly overweight. And let's take a quick break here and listen to a Alzheimer's tip from Dr. Craig Curtis. Dr. Curtis, can you give uh, our patients 
a tip on keeping their brain healthy? Absolutely. My favorite tip is involves a change in eating patterns, but it's not a drastic change. It's simply increasing the amount of fresh fruits and vegetables, fish, other white meats, and lowering the amounts of red meat, sweets and sugars, and also carbohydrates. It's essentially following a Mediterranean type diet plan. With over 20 years of experience studying brain health, Dr. Curtis's goal is to educate the village's community on how to live a longer, healthier life. To learn more, visit his website, craigcurtismd.com or call 352 500-5252 to attend a free seminar. Remember our next episode will be released next Friday at 9 a.m. Should you want to become a major supporter of the show or have questions, please contact us at mike at rothvoice.com. This is a shout out for supporters, Greg Pangian, Tweet Coleman, Dan Capellan, Ed Williams, Alvin Stenzel, and major supporter Dr. Craig Curtis at K2 in the Villages. We will be hearing more from Dr. Curtis with short Alzheimer's tips each week. If you know someone who should be on the show, contact us at mike at rothvoice.com. We thank everyone for listening to the show. The content of the show is copyrighted by Roth Voice 2023. All rights reserved.